0: Well, welcome to week two of If We Date. My name's uh, Clayton Walker. I'm the pastor here at Raider Church. And I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you, many of you know if you've been here for very long, I've made tons of mistakes in my dating relationships. And that's what this series we're talking about, this mistakes that we all make in our dating relationships. And and one of those mistakes was when my wife and I were were dating, um, we thought it would be fun to like do these sports dates each week, okay? And some of you are like, that doesn't sound like a mistake. Like that sounds kind of cute. It started out cute, okay? It it really did. It got ugly really fast, okay? So when we're playing like, one week we're playing one-on-one basketball, okay? And uh, we're going at it and my wife and I, we are both competitive. And so it's like, we're like fouling each other and it's getting like bloody, okay? It started out real cute, but it turned into like this mistake. We're playing tennis, okay? And she's just killing me because every time I hit a ball, it's like going over the fence. And so we're playing tennis and, and she's just, she's murdering me. And then we go play golf one week and um, she's like, she she swings the club one time and she's like, I'm done. I don't want to do this. This hurts my hands. And I'm like, uh, we just got here. We, you can't be done. Like we got, we got like 18 holes. We got a lot more golf to play. She's like, no, nah, I don't. I don't want to do it. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, date's over. So then we try the next thing. And here's where it went really, really wrong. We went bowling. Okay. And and here's why it, it went really wrong. Because I'm not a good bowler. And my wife is like this. Bowler like a 50-year-old man with this gut, with the hairy chest that's like coming out of the top of the shirt with her own, you know, ball that she's got and her own wrist guard, and and, and she's bowling, and she's just murdering me, and she's going total beast mode on me, and I'm like, I thought, like, I had this cute little girl, you know, for my date, and she's like, you know, up in my face and talking trash and, like, scoring, like, 300, getting all these strikes, and I'm, like, in the gutter every single time, and so, so... Just guys, don't, unless you're like really good at bowling, don't, don't take your girl bowling, okay? They turn into like this big obese beast mode on you, okay? And like make you feel like small and insignificant, okay? So, so those were, were some of my many mistakes and um as we were getting ready for the series i was just kind of doing some searches on on twitter social media and trying to figure out what are some other people's bad experiences so here we go here's some more this week she showed up with five crazy kids she was babysitting there weren't enough seats so i had to sit at a different table that's a bad date that's not going well Well, next we were driving to dinner and he made me laugh so hard i said i love you and then i followed it up with like as a brother my date took me to a nice restaurant. Our server leaned into me and said, you're the third one this week. That's a, that's a mistake. Guys, go to a different restaurant, okay? Don't go to the same one, like several nights in the same week. Next. So if we date, taking me to Target to look around counts as a date. I love that place. So guys, there's a great date option, okay? Take them to Target and uh, let them shop around, okay? So next, if we date, you've got to make me cheesecake, all right? This girl loves her some cheese. Or maybe it's a guy. That, yeah, I don't know. All right, here we go. If we date, I promise this will never happen. You get the cool girlfriend and, and boyfriend shirts. Okay, we were on this trip this summer. And um, the new thing, apparently, I didn't realize this, but the new thing at, uh, for, for people who are getting married, we realized this at the resort we were staying at this summer for our 15-year anniversary trip, is people have their own like wedding shirts, with their date and like their like you know hubby or wifey you know written on it and they're wearing it like on the planes and then to, at the resort and I was kind of like man I'm I'm really glad we got married a long time ago before that was like a fad because just that's not going to work for me like I'm not going to wear a shirt with my wedding date on it and that says hubby on it uh, to, on the plane okay so i guess this is the the new thing so in this series that we're talking about mistakes that we all make And what do we do when we make those mistakes? And how do we maybe not make some of those mistakes? We're trying to save you from maybe making some of these common mistakes that most of us make in our dating relationships. And when it comes down to it, we said this last week, we want to leave God out of our dating relationships for a lot of different reasons. One, because of our own pride, we want to do things our way. Two, because of shame, maybe we've messed some things up and and we don't want to go to God because there's shame there because of some of the mistakes that we've made, some of the things that we've messed up in our dating relationships, and so... There's some shame there as we approach God and, and want his help or try to do things his way again. So that kind of prevents us from coming to God. And then there's fun, like the idea of fun, like God's not about me having fun. I care about having fun. Um, I'm all about that. God's not about my fun or my happiness or my joy. And so I'm gonna do my own thing. And so those reasons and others kind of tend to keep us away from God when it comes to our dating relationships or from involving God in our dating relationships and we said this last week and I know this from personal experience and many of you do too but when we keep God out of our dating relationships it only leads to pain and regret and consequences and so in this series we're we're going back to God's word and we're saying God how can we keep from making some of these common mistakes in our dating relationships, so we're going to continue that tonight. And as we get started, let me let me just ask you, how many? When I say comfort food, like you know what I'm talking about, like you've got a comfort food, okay? And some of you are like, dude, it's Taco Tuesday, okay? Um, I, I I've got so many tacos inside of me, like I, I'm I'm you know feeling bloated right now. So so okay, so comfort food, mine. Is Outback, okay? Outback Steakhouse. I love going to Outback. I love Outback cheese fries, and I get the Alice Springs Chicken, which is this chicken with with cheese and and bacon. And then I love their ranch. They've got this spicy ranch for their salad and, and for the cheese fries. And then they've got this dessert. It's called the Chocolate Thunder from Down Under. And guys, Man, that that thunder is incredible. And so I, I love Outback, okay? That's my, my comfort food. No matter what the occasion is, I want Outback. If it's been a long day, I want Outback. If I've worked hard, I want Outback. If there's a celebration to be had, like my birthday, I want Outback. If, if I'm struggling, if I'm upset, if I'm anxious, I wanna to go to Outback, okay? It's the answer, really, and this is what a comfort food is to all my problems. I love out. I go there and I feel great. I get to eat my cheese fries. I get to have my, speci- my, my, my spicy ranch. Here's the problem, though, with comfort foods, okay? Is you can get a little too comfortable with them, right? And, and so in my mid-20s, I got really comfortable without back, like way too comfortable. Like we knew each other really well. Like I was going there like once a week just to order cheese fries and like take them home and, and, and eat them. And, and, and that's not good. And so, so I gained a ton of weight because I got so comfortable without back and I got really uncomfortable with working out. I just stopped working out. And so, so I gained a ton of weight because I got so comfortable without back. The problem with that is is when you decide you want to start losing some weight it takes getting really uncomfortable to lose and to drop that weight and so for 11 months like i cut out everything sugar and i stopped drinking dr pepper and that that was like getting off crack and 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 i stopped going to outback and, and and i lost a ton of weight but it was really uncomfortable like to do so like i was so cranky and so like you know uh, anxious and everything from from getting off the, the doctor pepper like i couldn't sleep well and i was having withdrawals and my wife was like just go back to outback just start drinking doctor pepper again like I, I don't want to deal with your attitude because you're so cranky from not having all that 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 sugar so i had to get really uncomfortable this past week I saw this video, you know, what those workout videos you see on Facebook or whatever. And um, it was like a video of a guy doing like 30 different plank exercises, okay? I don't ever do plank exercises. It's just not something I do. But I decided this week, I can do that, I'll do that. And so I decided like in one sitting, like I was gonna do all 30 plank exercises. Okay. So, uh, so I did that. It was very uncomfortable, but that led to even more discomfort as like the next couple of days, I couldn't even rotate. Like I couldn't move. I was so tight. I was in so much pain. In fact, I've still got some stiffness back here in my back from doing that, that stupid Facebook video. It made me very uncomfortable, but working out things like that, that are good for us oftentimes are uncomfortable. You might be thinking, "Why, why are we talking about this? Because a lot of us have, and I did myself, we have comfort people, comfort relationships. And a lot of times, those comfort zone people and those comfort zone relationships oftentimes don't lead to our best. Jesus, surprisingly, Many of us, we we might not think this, but when you read through the Gospels, Jesus brings a lot of discomfort into the picture. He made lots of people actually very uncomfortable. And here's why because God knows that making us uncomfortable oftentimes leads to our best. And in reality, oftentimes it's the devil who wants us to feel more and more comforted in a certain situation or with a certain person so that we stay in that situation and we continue to experience the, the pain And the regret and the consequences of staying in that comfort zone. Because the devil is trying to steal, kill, and destroy your life. He's trying to take you down. And sometimes, a lot of times, the best way he can do that is to keep you in a comfort zone. And so I want to show you more what I'm talking about. Go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, if you don't have a Bible, or if it's not a translation you understand, go to RaiderChurch.com, click on Sermon Notes, you can follow along with with us the verses, um, the the points, everything is there for you. But oftentimes, we're going to see tonight, following Jesus means getting uncomfortable, it means leaving your comfort zone. So let's go, Mark chapter 1, here we go. Mark 1, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat preparing their nets. He called them at once and they also followed him leaving their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men. So Jesus comes along and and he sees these men and he calls out to them to come and follow him. But here in these verses, following Jesus means leaving everything they know, all that's familiar to them. Their their job is familiar, their way of making an income is familiar to them. They're, They're at home with their father. In relationships and in situations that are comfortable to them, that are familiar to them, they know this job and this family. These are all known aspects of their life. It's a comfort zone. And Jesus comes and says, come follow me. And that means they have to leave their comfort zone. They have to leave what's familiar, fishing, and their family in order to follow Jesus, Jesus comes and he brings all kinds of disruption into their life in order for them to follow him. You know, oftentimes the greatest enemy of our faith, of our growth, isn't fear. Fear can actually lead to great steps of faith. The greatest enemy, check this out, the greatest enemy of our faith, of growth, is what's familiar. The greatest enemy to your growth in your relationship with Jesus, your, your growth as a person, even just basic maturing and growing up, the greatest enemy to walking and growing in faith is what's familiar. Jesus comes along to these men and calls them to follow him, and it means leaving everything that was familiar behind and beginning to walk with and follow Jesus. The disciples left what was known for the unknown in order to follow Jesus. See, comfort will keep you in what's familiar. It will keep you in a routine. When I was in high school, I dated this girl for about two or three years and she was a great girl. And I'm gonna talk more about this next week. But in a rocky time in my life, this was a stable, comfortable relationship. Many of you know this, but my parents got divorced when I was a junior in high school and that was a really rocky, just rock bottom time in my life and in my family's life. And and we really struggled through all that. But this relationship, this dating relationship that that I had with this girl, was one of the constants, was one of the things in my life that wasn't changing, that wasn't shifting. It was a comfort zone for me. It was a comfort person for me. And that in and of itself isn't bad. The problem was, was that I knew, even in the middle of all that, because of the decisions that we, we were making together, bad decisions, decisions that weren't um, what, what God wanted for us. I knew that this was something God was calling me out of, but I stayed in it because it was what was comfortable. It was familiar and it brought security to me. You see, oftentimes those comfort zones are places that we will find identity and security. And that identity and that security makes us feel comfortable. It makes us feel safe, especially when there's a lot of other things changing around us. The problem is I knew that wasn't who God had for me. I knew it. The way it, it, it. It's not saying anything about her. She was a great girl. I just, I, I knew this wasn't who God had for me, yet I stayed in that relationship, anyways, because it was a comfort zone for me. And instead of finding my comfort and my satisfaction, my fulfillment, my safety in Jesus, my identity in Jesus, I was finding it in her and in that relationship. And so I stayed it even though I knew it wasn't God's best for me. Even though she knew I wasn't God's best for her. We stayed in this relationship and we continued in that same routine of destructive choices and consequences. I stayed in that comfort zone and it wasn't God's best for me. And it ended up doing nothing but hurting me and hurting her because I was disobedient to God calling me out of that comfort zone into his best. So years go by and in the process, and I'm gonna share more about this next week, but in the process, I I, I hurt deeply. Uh, my wife now Darby in and that, in that whole, process that whole time. I I really hurt her bad. I I, I really thought there was no chance that we would ever uh, be together because of the decisions I made with this other girl. And, and so I was scared. I was scared that there wasn't anyone else out there for me. And so I stayed in that comfort zone. I stayed in what was familiar because I was scared. I was scared of the unknown. I had my known spot where I was safe, where I was comfortable. I was scared of the unknown. And so I stayed in that relationship. Several years go by and I've been growing in my relationship with Jesus. I've been finding more of my comfort and my security, my identity in him. And I continued to hear God saying to me, this isn't who I have for you. This isn't my best for you. And so I finally, not knowing what was next, not knowing what was out there, not knowing if there was anyone else for me, I trusted God, we ended that relationship. A Few weeks later, a month goes by and I run into Darby, my wife, at a college service just like this. We hadn't talked in probably a year. Long story short, I'll share more of it next week. We started talking. Week later, we were dating. 11 months later, we were engaged. 11 months later, we were married. It took me stepping out in faith, out of my comfort zone, into the unknown, into what was scary, leaving the familiar for the unknown. To experience God's best for my life. It took me getting uncomfortable in order to walk into God's calling for my life. It took me getting uncomfortable to be able to walk into God's best for my life. And there's example after example of this all throughout the scripture. We look at Abraham, and, and the Bible says that God called Abraham to, to go, to leave his home, to leave his country, and go to a place I will show you. And Abraham's like, Where? And God's like, I'll show you. everyone's like, no, no. Like, where am I going? And God's like, I know. Leave, and I'm gonna show you as you go. Like, I'm gonna lead you and guide you as you go. That's not comfortable. We want Siri to tell us all the directions, start to finish, and then lead us step by step as we go. God told Abraham, leave your home and follow me. Leave everything you know, leave everything that's familiar, leave everything that's comfortable, and follow me, and I will show you where to go. And so Abraham left what was known, he left what was familiar, he left his comfort zone, and he followed where God led him, and he became Father Abraham, of Abraham, Isaac, Isaac. And Jacob. Oftentimes when God would show up and begin to speak to his people and they would say, who are you? And God would use or, or describe who he was by saying, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because Abraham was willing to leave what was comfortable and step into the unknown and get uncomfortable and follow God, God used him in an amazing, powerful way. And then we have Jesus. Jesus, who Philippians 2 says, left the comforts of heaven to come to this earth, to take on flesh, the Son of God, God in the flesh, to live in this world and to be faced with everything the Bible said he was faced with, everything that that you and I face, betrayal and anxiety and and, and people uh, uh, insulting him and then being beaten within an inch of his life and then being hung on a cross for your sin and my sin. Jesus left the the comforts of heaven to come here to save you and to rescue you and me from our sin so that we could have a relationship with God. Jesus left what was comfortable. He came down to what was uncomfortable. He got on the cross that was uncomfortable and he gave his life for you and me. We see it time and time again, all throughout the scripture, that it's oftentimes leaving a comfort zone and stepping into the unknown that's the door to experiencing God's best for your life. The devil will try to keep you Comfortable, Keep you in what's familiar. Keep you in that routine to try to take you out. So Jesus calls these guys from everything they know into the unknown. From what's familiar into a scary kind of fearful thing of leaving everything they've known to follow Jesus. And then watch what happens next. Verse 21, it says, Jesus and his companions, the disciples, they went to the town of Capernaum, And Capernaum means village of the comforter. So Jesus calls these guys to, to follow him and, and Jesus begins to go from place to place and region to region and he's healing the sick and he's feeding people and he's casting out demons and he's preaching the good news about the kingdom. And Capernaum was a place that Jesus actually based a lot of his ministry out of. He did a lot of miracles here, more miracles than anywhere else. He preached here a lot. This is kind of his home base. And so he goes into Capernaum with the disciples. And it says, when the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Then watch this. Suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Why have you come? To destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet. Come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the evil spirit screamed threw the man into convulsion and then came out of him. Capernaum village of the comforter. You know, Jesus said about this region, this village, Capernaum. He said that more miracles were done here than anywhere else and he told the people of Capernaum if Sodom and Gomorrah had seen the miracles that were done in Capernaum even they would have repented and turned from their sin. And so Jesus, later in the gospels, later in his ministry, ends up cursing this town of Capernaum, village of the comforter. A place where he did more miracles and he spent more time preaching maybe than anywhere else. Yet he curses them and says, After all the miracles you saw, it's gonna be better for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than it is for you. Because you saw all of the things that I've done, yet you did not repent. You did not change. Maybe in the village of the Comforter, they were a little too comfortable. You see, a lot of times when we experience success and blessing, it makes us more comfortable. And it's in that time of trial or suffering when we're uncomfortable, that we humble ourselves before God and we say, God, I'm, I'm gonna do things your way. I'm gonna change, I'm gonna repent. I'm going to turn from my sin and I'm gonna to begin to follow after you, I'm going to start doing things your way. It's often during times, if you've been there before, you, you've seen this, you've known this, in times of trials or in times of suffering, in times of heartache, that we begin to do things God's way and we begin to grow like we've never grown before. It's during those times of discomfort. And so maybe the, the village of the comforter got a little bit too comfortable. And one of the things that scholars will say about this situation is that this man who who suddenly cried out in the synagogue, it says suddenly a man in the synagogue, like that this man was probably more than likely a part of the synagogue, like he was a regular churchgoer, in other words. Like he was a part of the community there. He was a part of the, the group that would come regularly to the synagogue to listen to the teachings from these teachers of the religious law. He was always there. But for some reason, this is the first time that this demon possessed man, the demon inside, cries out and gets. Uncomfortable. Why is that? Because Jesus showed up. Maybe they had just been going through the motions. They had just been going through the routine, the the religious routine. And that religious routine never made the demon uncomfortable. But today, in the village of the comforter, but maybe today, is a new day, it's a different day. Jesus shows up, Jesus is teaching, the demon gets uncomfortable, and Jesus confronts the demon and says, come out, come out of the man. And it says that the demon threw the man into this convulsion on the ground and screamed and came out of him, and then the man was healed. Maybe these religious people we're a little too comfortable. But Jesus shows up on the scene. He begins to speak. It's making people uncomfortable. You see, a lot of times when we get uncomfortable, we wanna run, we wanna step back. When God begins to bring conviction into our life, it gets uncomfortable, we we tend to wanna run from that instead of step into it and embrace the conviction. You see, a lot of times it's on the other side of conviction, the uncomfort, the discomfort of that conviction of Jesus confronting something in your life. It's on the other side of that. It's stepping into that. It's leaning into that conviction where God will do a miracle in your life and you will experience his best on the other side of that conviction. You see, there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Jesus didn't condemn this man. He brought conviction that drove out this demon, but he didn't condemn it. There's a difference. There's a difference between conviction and condemnation. When we're feeling condemned, there's a feeling of, that's who I am. That I, I messed up, I screwed up, that's who I am. And there's a hopeless feeling that there's no change is possible. Conviction on the other hand from God leads us Jesus for forgiveness and it leads us to believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out there's a difference between conviction and condemnation in this scene Jesus brings conviction through the power of his word as he speaks into this man's life and this demon leaves him and through the conviction through Jesus confronting this man and There being some discomfort there. This man steps in to God's best for his life. And so here's what I want you to see tonight. Coming into your calling, God's best for your life means coming out of your comfort zone. You wanna come into your calling, you wanna experience God's best for your life it means coming out of your comfort zone forsaking your comfort to pursue God's best for your life means getting uncomfortable it means embracing the conviction that God brings into your life and so some of you are here tonight and I know maybe you're like me and you've got that comfort person that comfort relationship and you know that God has called you out of that. You know that that's not God's best for you, but you continue to stay in it anyways because it's what's comfortable. It's what's safe. It's familiar. You haven't been finding those things in Jesus. You've been finding that in that person in that boyfriend or, or girlfriend and. God's been calling you out of that relationship just like he was for me, but you've been disobedient because that's what's comfortable. And it's scary to think about leaving that comfort zone. Listen, I get it. I get it. It's scary to leave the known for the unknown. But can I just tell you tonight, when you take that step of faith, God's best is waiting on the other side, and it's never too late to experience God's best. Or maybe leaving your comfort zone is looking for a new place to find that person. Maybe you've been looking for that person, that relationship in all the wrong places, and instead, maybe you need to start looking for that person to date in a place like this. Whereas we talked about last week where you're on the same page and you're running after Jesus together. You've been looking for that person in all the wrong places. And maybe you need to leave that comfort zone and step into this comfort zone, all in into this place, into, Jesus, into your relationship with Jesus, into a community like this, where you begin to run with other people who are following after Jesus too. Maybe your comfort zone is kind of going from one person to the next always in a different relationship, always dating someone new and to be by yourself maybe or to be single for a day, a week, or a month, the thought of that just brings terror and anxiety like into your life because you're finding comfort in people rather than comfort in Jesus. And so here's what I'm not saying tonight. I'm not saying you need to go break up with whoever it is that you're dating. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. I'm saying if Jesus is saying, come out, then you need to come out. For me, I knew that's what God was saying. And I continued to resist his best because I had no idea what was on the other side. So I'm not necessarily saying Everyone is supposed to break up with whoever it is. That's that's not what we're saying. That's not what, what, what God is wanting for us to do tonight. He's wanting for us to listen for his voice, calling us out of whatever comfort zone it is that we find ourselves in and saying, God, I'll follow you. Whatever it means, I'll leave, just like the disciples, I'll leave what's familiar, I'll leave what's comfortable in order to follow you. Because I believe your best is on the other side. But here's what I am saying, first of all, don't settle. Don't settle for less than God's best for your life. If you know someone you're dating isn't God's best for you, then you need to come out, just like Jesus commanded the demon, come out. You need to come out from that relationship. Don't settle for less than God's best. Secondly, don't assume. Don't assume. Don't assume that the relationship that you have is all there is for you. One of the things that kept me in that comfort zone with that girl that I knew I wasn't supposed to be with was the idea, was the assumption that there wasn't anyone else for me. Don't assume you know what God might have for you on the other side of stepping out of your comfort zone. And then third, don't stay in an abusive relationship listen I've been doing this for four and a half years and I I can't tell you how many girls I've talked to at Raider Church that are in abusive relationships either in their past or currently and I, I'm I'm betting there are some there are many of you here tonight that that's either been in your past or or maybe it's even something you're in right now currently. And I wanna tell you tonight, don't stay in an abusive relationship. I don't totally get it and understand it, but I have talked to so many girls to know that even those kinds of relationships become comfortable and become familiar and become known. And it's scary to leave for many different reasons. But if you're in an abusive relationship, verbally, sexually, physically, emotionally, whatever it might be, you need to run from that relationship. Run to your parents, run to your friends, run to the police, run to us. You got to run from that relationship. Don't stay. Don't stay because it maybe somehow, in some way it's comfortable. Don't stay because, because of fear, step out, Come out! Hear Jesus telling you to not come out. Run from that person and run to Jesus. Run to your parents. Run to us. To your friends. To the police, and find freedom, and begin to experience healing that only Jesus can give you. So don't settle. Don't assume and don't stay in an abusive relationship. And so here's my challenge for you tonight. Here's our if we date challenge. If we date, if Jesus says, come out, I'm out. If Jesus says, come out, I'm out, that's it. I'm not staying another minute longer. I'm not staying another day longer. If I'm dating someone and Jesus says, that's not my best for you, I'm done. When Jesus says, come out, I'm out, I'm done. I wanna ask you to stand, we're gonna pray and our team's gonna lead us in worship tonight. And, And I just believe that God is calling many of you out of a comfort zone. It might be a person, it might be a substance, it might be a place. I don't know what God might be calling you out of tonight. The known that he's calling you, the unknown that he's calling you into. But the greatest enemy of your step of faith tonight, the greatest enemy of your growth tonight and experiencing God's best for your life tonight is what's familiar. It's what's comfortable. And so my prayer tonight is, this: even as we sing, as we worship, God will begin to make you a little bit uncomfortable. He'll begin to convict you with the power of his spirit. And he'll begin to call you out of that comfort zone, out of that sin and into the unknown to follow him as he leads. And so tonight, God, as we worship, as we sing, Would you just by the power of your presence come into this place and that every person in this room would hear us saying, would hear you saying to us, come out, come out of that comfort zone, come out of that substance abuse, come out of that place, that environment, come out of that relationship, whatever it is, whatever comfort zone we're in God tonight, would you call us out of it and by your spirit, even in this moment, would you call us out? And would you give us the strength and the power to leave what's familiar and to step into the unknown and begin to follow you just like the disciples did. And so tonight, if that's you, just in an act of surrender, would you just put your hands up in the air and say, God, I'm coming out. There's a comfort zone you're calling me out of and in full surrender, my hands are up, I'm coming out to you. Jesus, in this moment, for every person in this room whose hands are up, I see them all over the room, God. Would you call us out of those comfort zones? Would you give us the ability and by the power of your word, just like that demon left that man right now in this moment, God, would you give every person with their hands up in this moment the power and the faith to believe they are coming out tonight never to go back to that comfort zone. Jesus, you are more than enough. Help us to find our safety and our comfort and what's our fulfillment, and our peace. God, help us to find those in you and not in a person. Jesus, we love you. Call us out tonight, Jesus. Call us out into your best.